0: Welcome to SEC Media Days, of course, here live in Atlanta, for Element, 440 Sports, brought to you by J.E. Dunn, our title sponsor, of course, Andy Staples with us here from The Athletic. Andy, uh, top 100 healthiest workplace in America. There you go. Industry-leading benefits as well. Voted 2022 best place to work. It's a real crazy novel concept. Care about your employees, Andy. It's like Sam Pittman of construction. J.E. Dunn, folks.
1: You got a hell of a polo shirt, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got some free gear out of the I, deal. I, I got to get a title sponsor for my show with some <laughs> gear. That's that's the next step. I mean, so, you know, any anybody out there, if you're looking for somebody to flog your product, I, I'm... I got a podcast.
0: So I want, we're going to talk football, but I'm curious from a media perspective, uh, coverage of the event it seems a little different this year, maybe more subdued. We're all f- sort of distracted by realignment. Are you, do you enjoy the realignment conversation? How much do you want to get back to football? How much are you focused on football? I mean, obviously there could be some news about the Big 12 or Pac-12 right now, but like I- I'm trying to argue in my head about Arkansas and Mississippi
1: State, and I can't stop thinking about the future of the game. Well, the realignment stuff – Everybody wants to talk about it because it feels like it affects everyone. It, and whether it ultimately affects anyone in the SEC, we don't know. But it does feel like it affects the game as a whole. And people love to talk about it and love to listen to stuff about it, even if they say they don't. Like, We see the numbers. It, it, when, when we do a realignment show, I, let, let me put it this way. So I work for The Athletic. I, I do podcasts. I, I write. When the USC-UCLA to the Big Ten news broke, our site crashed we set a record for every podcast platform that we had, the, the, you know, the, the, the podcast themselves, the YouTube channel, all of it, we, we, we had traffic records for all of those. We know that's what people want and what people want to talk about. They want to know what's happening next. And, and I get it, especially if you're a fan of one of those schools in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 right now where you're going, what's next for me? Because you don't know who's taken from whom Whatever league winds up on the short end of that stick, their experience could be completely different. The, the the fan bases of those schools, you know, you, you were in a power five league, you may now be in what will be considered, I mean, we're gonna use different terms cause will be different numbers, but what we consider a group of five league. And, or if you're a fan of the league that winds up winning quote unquote that, you might wind up with a better league than you thought you were gonna get. So it, it's really interesting and and, these are huge decisions that get made very quickly. And, and not with the fans' best
0: interest at heart, not with the fan being considered much at all. So, like, while I am sitting in Atlanta focused on Tennessee versus Kentucky versus Florida versus South Carolina in the East, and then Arkansas versus LSU versus Ole Miss versus Mississippi State, all of which is healthier and better than it's probably ever been, I sit down, I read it, I study it, I think about it, and then within my – it's like being in class – and then all of a sudden I start thinking like, oh, but what if Oregon was in the Big 10? You know, like yeah. it's, it's so bizarre and I wanna talk about football.
1: Well, and the thing is you can spend so many scenarios with this because you, you have the Big 12, you have the Pac-12. Does the Big 10 wanna do something else? What does Notre Dame do? What happens to the ACC? All of those things are, are things to consider and we can come up with a million hypotheticals for every one and then go down each rabbit hole and it's really interesting. Now, the way with we do it is when we have tangible news we cover it we then cover the fallout of it and we after a few days you're like okay i can't keep spinning these hypotheticals we have to get back to football and if something else it's going to
0: happen soon football by the way
1: right well and and you think about it, this particular offseason in general the NIL the transfers being you know the rules being different for the second year in a row and people really realizing, oh, I can transfer and I can just go over here. We've never known less about each team because of the rosters and the way they changed. But we also have never had so much hard news going on in an off season. Like, you think about it, normally we get to SEC media days, we have spent several months going over, these are our favorite week one games. We've we've gone over every projected win total for every team in the FBS and and we've had massive arguments about it. We we figured out who our trendy team was. We've had our backlash against that trendy team. We've come back around on it again.
0: It's a, it is a cycle, isn't it? None of
1: that has happened this year. And and like I'll give you- Well, the
0: last 2 years, frankly, because we had all the expansion in Texas and Oklahoma right. last year, the pandemic before that. Yet still it was Alabama and Georgia.
1: Yeah. Well, and and so I think there's some really interesting football discussions to be had. I'm not sure, the, I think the vacuum of actual knowledge about these teams hurts that discussion. Because yeah. legitimately, the most interesting two questions in the SEC are who finishes second in the West and who finishes second in the East? You can make some pretty good arguments for three or four programs in the West and for three or four programs in the East. Now, I think we know where Alabama and Georgia are I, there's a stat that our, our Georgia beat writer, Seth Emerson, uh, Seth Emerson told me that, that I keep coming back to when we, when we say, oh, you know, Georgia, that was the year last year. This will be the down year, and then they'll come back. Do you know how many transfers Georgia took this year? Like three. Zero. <laughs> right. Which means they think all their players are better than everybody else who is available. And they had a, You know, they had a few leave, but that tells me Kirby Smart likes that team a lot. And so we are handing the national title to Alabama. We're handing the SEC title to Alabama. We, we are assuming that it is Alabama, Ohio State in the national title game. And I don't know that you should assume that. I,
0: I am not. I have said every show I've done all offseason, they are going to play again twice. You think you they, they're going to play again because, in, in part, nothing to do with Ohio State. It's not a knock on Ohio State because if Jim Knowles gets the defense figured out, they're going to be salty and no one in the Big Ten can stop them, and they'll be in the playoff. The key is if Georgia is good enough to get to the playoff, Ohio State ain't beating them. And, and t- so to me it's
1: – Now, remember, Ohio State is going to be able to score
0: on anyone. Yes. But here's the key, though. Like, I look at Georgia's schedule, and up until maybe November 12th at Mississippi State, or maybe it's November 12th against Kentucky, those two games on the road, they will be a 14-point favorite in every game they play, with the exception of maybe Oregon. So they've got time. Like, look at their schedule up until the Florida game. They've got time oh, to yeah, – they
1: they they got – time to work out a lot of kinks if you're if you're not necessarily sure because it's not like the players aren't good they're all five-star recruits and and high four-star recruits but they've not played these roles before so yeah they have time to settle into those roles by the time they play games of of real consequence they're probably going to be a buzzsaw you're right all right
0: so Let's let's go quickly, I don't want to take up too much time here, but let's go quickly through what you think about the East and the West. We'll start in the East. I think Billy Napier is doing the right things at Florida. I don't know how good Anthony Richardson can be in year one. Everyone is raving about Spencer Rattler. Day two, of course, was all about Shane Beamer and, and the energy he's bringing. I still have questions about their record last year and how that translates to this year. You know, Hendon Hooker has to be absolutely perfect on offense. Again, for them to even get to like eight wins at Tennessee because the defense is questions. I really like Kentucky. I think all four of them are good, so let's, let's go through your, your layout of
1: the, those four and the arguments you would make for those four in the East. I would lean toward Kentucky if I'm, if I'm picking in order, Kentucky being the second best behind Georgia, just because I like Will Levis. I, I do wonder, without Wandell Robinson, can they create as much? Because there, 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 were, there were games, like take the Florida game last year. There was a little dump off to Wandell Robinson that turns out into the biggest play of the game. And... That's not always going to happen necessarily. But, you know, they've, they've got some guys that they've got a guy from Virginia Tech out of the transfer portal who kind of fits the, the physical mold, uh, and they have an experienced offensive line, and Chris Rodriguez averaged 6.1 yards a carry. I mean, they are going to be able to move the ball on the ground. That travels. They're going to play decent defense. That travels. So that's why I feel like they, they can be consistent. Now, they have to, they have to be able to – not have just a, a you know, crazy what, what happened their game, like a Tennessee-type game from last year. Like,
0: like almost losing to UTC, for example.
1: Exactly. So th- they've got to deal with that. But I do feel like they're the most solidly constructed of that bunch right now, if I said top to bottom. How, how does the roster look? How does everybody fit into their roles that they're going to be asked to play? They seem like the just the, the, the furthest ahead. Tennessee, they're going to score a bunch of points. You're right. Just, can they stop anybody? Tennessee and South Carolina I have kind of the same concern for both, and it's not necessarily a concern I have with the players and coaches because it's not, yeah, right. it's, it isn't something they think about, but the fan bases are, do think about this stuff. Both of those programs overachieved in year one under a new coach, and I think the assumption is, well, you did this in year one, everybody takes a big step from year one to year two. That's not necessarily true, especially if you did better than you probably should have. It's not linear all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like South Carolina, I think a good example would be had they played Florida or Auburn two, three weeks earlier in the season, those results are different. And so I don't know that that, that necessarily means that South Carolina is all of a sudden going to jump up and be a nine-win team this season. They might be better than they were last year considerably, but have the same record. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to the West, because
0: I'm with you. I like Kentucky – I like Florida actually to be sneaky in, in the West. I, I, I kind of like Florida.
1: I think for Florida it's, it's how good is Anthony Richardson because physically you look at him, you watch him run, you watch him throw the ball, and you go, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. But he's got to stay healthy, and you haven't seen him really run the offense yet. I think that's the, the, the key part of it is, is does he get the ball out on schedule? Does he do what, what the offense requires of him? And, and you think about who's the best quarterback of the post-Tebow era at Florida? It's Kyle Trask. Does Kyle Trask have the best arm? Does he have the best? What Kyle Trask had was the best understanding of his offense and the best clock in his head of this is when I need to get the ball out and that's the person I need to get it to. So uh, we'll
0: wrap up here on the West. LSU, I think, is going to take a big jump in year one. I don't know what their ceiling is, but I think they're going to be significantly better because of a professional adult in charge uh, of that of that organization. They've got talent. Uh, I think Texas A&M's got a ton of talent. They're probably the favorite for most people. Arkansas, I love what they're doing. How Sam Pittman's got everybody to buy in. They've got a star quarterback coming back. Great offensive line. Schedule's a little bit easier. I like Mississippi State the best of all of them, but yeah. the schedule is freaking insane. The, the awesome. crossover is terrible. So how you? I actually think Ole Miss is at the bottom with all. I just am not sure, and that's not even an insult to Lane Kiffin. I think
1: I don't know what Ole Miss is, right. and I don't think anybody does. I don't think, I don't think the coaching staff knows what they are yet because the, the, they've had to replace so much with transfers and, and expected transfers to come in and play huge roles that you, you can't really predict what they'll be. I mean, they're coming off being the second-best team in the West and really the second-best team, well, yeah, the second-best second in the West and third-best team in the league, and we don't know what they'll be. But the Mississippi State thing makes sense. We've seen Mike Leach when he has a third-year starting quarterback. They've been good every year, whether it was Texas Tech or Washington State. If he had a third-year starting quarterback, they were good. And then you look at how old that defense is. Like, they're rotating six guys on on an odd front defensive line where I think the youngest is a true junior. It might be the youngest is a fourth-year junior, Don't, uh, don't quote me. But they're very old. And are all of them NFL players? No. But there's something to be said for having a grown-ass man out there against some 19-year-olds. So,
0: you, so they can overcome the schedule. They finish second. Is it just a And M is I going to a And M is going to be picked second?
1: Yeah, I don't know that they can overcome the schedule because I mean, Georgia's. <laughs> we just talked about it. They're going to be really good. But no, I I think Mississippi State is is a is a threat to beat somebody that where you go whoa, you know, because they're going to be able to do that. But but. You know, again with the air raid, there's also the possibility that somebody has a good game plan against you, and you just can't do anything.
0: <laughs> uh, andy, tell everybody where first of all, Jay Dunn, special thanks, of course. Top 100, healthiest place to work. If you want to go work, change careers, you don't need any experience in construction, five billion in revenue, offices all across the Southeast, go check them out. Uh, get, tell everybody where they can find you, read you, follow you, listen to you, all that good stuff.: So
1: you can read me at the At the athletic, and uh, if you're not subscribed, go to the slash andy Staples, a dollar. A month for your first six months so that's basically the cost of one of those fruit fruit coffees at, at, at Starbucks uh, for six months of all you want to read and, and we cover every sport. So we I, I we have the best college football coverage in the country I, I was gonna say I think we do and that's not true I know we do and then we also cover the NFL we cover the NBA Major League Baseball international soccer whatever your, your sport is we, we cover it and then also the Andy Staple show wherever you get your podcasts and uh, just subscribe, five star review. If you throw up a five star review and ask me a question, I'll probably answer it on the show.
0: There you have it, folks. Again, great soccer coverage, great hockey, great NHL coverage great, on the Athletic. Yeah, I say with Nashville Predators down, fin- right. fantastic. So make sure you check out the Athletic. Pay for good journalism, folks, and go work at Je Dunn for Andy. I'm Braden. Thanks for hanging out with us from SEC Media Days. Of course, this has been Fringe Element on the 440 Sports Network.